Welcome to the Non-Technically Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Ivy Shu. Here, I interview leaders in tech with a non-technical background from established leading markets like Silicon Valley in Beijing to emerging markets like Nairobi and Jakarta. We explore what business and operations-minded leaders bring to tech companies and the impact that they're able to make. I may also pop in here to solo show and share some stories of my own. I hope that all this content inspires you to confidently develop your own impactful career as a non-technical leader in tech. Join the community of listeners and non-technical leaders by visiting nontechnicallyspeaking.com. You're listening to episode four. Today, I am here with Connie Chang. Connie and I met when I was working at Wish. While I was on the business development team, the advocate for our sellers, Connie was running community, the advocate for our customers. One of the top concerns I personally experienced trying to bring sellers onto Wish is the bad reviews Wish received for merchants who don't send their orders in poor quality goods. My sellers didn't trust the platform. Within a year of Connie joining, she organized roughly 10,000 Wish users to not only help the company weed out shady merchants and lift Wish from the weeds of bad press, she has also built Wish's brand story with the top customers and then launched many of Wish's programs with their help. Connie has been a customer advocate for over 12 years. She is currently the Director of Community Engagement at WISH, where she leads a team of global community managers who are building a trusted community of top content creators who provide engaging experiences on WISH and valuable insights that help drive product decisions. She previously fostered vibrant communities at Facebook, Googlebot, and Yelp. Thank you so much for being here, Connie. I'm so excited to have someone from WISH. So great to be here today, Ivy. How's Wish right now? Everything good after the new year? Yeah, things were pretty hectic after the holidays, but definitely um, excited to kick off 2020 with some really fun initiatives and campaigns. So we're really looking forward to starting this new year. Awesome. So I'm so excited to have you because you're just such a great community leader, having worked in multiple companies in this role. Can you share how you got started on this journey in community and how you ended up at Wish? Yeah, I started my journey at Yelp about, let's see, 13 years ago now. And wow. it doesn't look like it. You don't look a day over 20. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I feel like I have been able to do something that I truly love. And community is something that wasn't really a uh, well known role back in the day. I feel like um, it's still quite unknown um, in terms of what does a community team at a company do. Over the years, I've seen so many more companies uh, adopting it and finding the need to have a community team. I started off at Yelp, where I was just a really passionate Yelp reviewer. And I really didn't know that this was a career path for me. But When I joined Yelp, I realized how important community is for a lot of startups and especially for companies that are looking to grow their business and 
the power of community is just incredible. So I started at Yelp, um, was a community manager for the Bay Area. And then after that, I went on to a couple different startups to also launch their communities, um, including GoGoBot, which was acquired by Skyscanner. And then I ended up going to Facebook, where I was able to scale multiple communities there for various different teams. And so when I was approached by Wish, I thought, wow, this is a really great opportunity, not only to build a community from scratch, but to also work for one of the largest e-commerce companies in the world that is not as well known, but be able to help build the branding around it, work super closely with the CEO. And that was just an opportunity that I felt like I could not pass up. So that's how I found my way at Wish. Cool. So you touched on a bit about how community is important in for any company that wants to grow their business. I recently sent you the article that First Round Capital published a state of startups, which said that the one of their top 10 findings is community is the new moat. And so community is the new moat. Nearly 80% of founders report building a community of users as important to their business with 28% describing it as their moat and critical to their success. Um, So I guess my question to you is why is this so important to growing the business? Well, when you are starting your business and looking to scale it, you can only do so much with the team that you have and the money that you may want to spend is is going to be a lot if you want to scale it quickly. And so finding a community who can rally behind you and help amplify your brand's messaging through their networks is, is going to be super vital to that growth. You have people who are able to really share authentic messages And this is something that a lot of people now, you know, they're looking to connect with businesses that have real people speaking to the values of your company. So a community is going to do that for you. And when I speak about community, I speak about people who are your brand ambassadors and your your advocates. These are people who are just intrinsically passionate about what you do. For businesses, community is super important because not only are they going to be the ones that are going to help you scale your business through amplifying you know, your message through their networks, they're going to be the ones who are the you know, spreading the truth about the messaging. I feel like they are also going to help you with deciding what kind of strategic moves you're going to make in terms of, you know, how you're going to build your product. A lot of businesses tend to only look at what other businesses are doing right and look internally to people who are building the product and not really using it. 
when you really want to build something that is going to work for your end user, you need to look to your community to help provide the real feedback that you're looking for. These are people who are using your products every day, all the time, and the community is going to be the ones that will be able to help guide you the most and looking to them to to help prioritize where your different product roadmaps go. I think that's also very, very important. This is what actually really inspired a lot of the community aspect. Mm -hmm. I believe that what the moat means is a moat is something around a castle, right? So imagining Mm -hmm. that the startup is in the center of of the castle, then the moat is as like competitors are attacking or other things are happening outside, your community protects your, because they're loyal, right? So they protect the startup. Mm-hmm. That's my interpretation. It yeah, that's defined. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, that's what I imagined. That's what the, the analogy would be. They are, you know, kind of your wall around you with their voices. They'll be able to like keep competitors away or, are surrounding you and who are going to be the ones who be your allies, you know, and, and be the ones who help protect your brand. Exactly. Awesome. So going back to building a community from scratch at Wish, which is what drew you, building a tribe is really hard, especially at Wish, because before you, there was definitely a lot of bad press around the company. There was a lot of talk on every kind of review site, how the item doesn't come or that it's fake, everything's scammed. So how did you go about changing the brand image from that and building a community? I was able to find the really, really passionate customers on Wish. And these are people who were writing a lot of positive reviews. I mean, they also expressed, you know, their opinions about other issues, but they were the ones who were the most vocal about how much they loved Wish. It's pretty amazing to know that there were so many people who loved a brand so much like Wish. I was able to seek these people out. We grew different groups across the globe. And we were able to share the messaging of the brand through our community. And we're in the business to, you know, sell products. But I think what was the most interesting thing was how these products impacted people's lives. And I wanted to share those stories and bring those stories to life getting to know these community members. We call them our wish stars. They are the ones who have been telling all of their friends and family about Wish and sharing about how Wish has been able to help afford big events in their lives, like weddings and children's birthday parties and a lot of other very personal uh, life events. I really wanted to surface those and share how much a company like Wish could make a difference in people's lives. And how did you go about doing it though? So I know that 
most communities are hosted on Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what platform to use, how to engage them, what incentives to give them? Yeah, so we also engage with our wish stars on Facebook, created Facebook groups and have invited these really passionate customers into these groups so that we can develop a closer relationship with them and that they can also build relationships with other wish stars who, you know, have the same interests as they have. We were able to, with all of the data that we have, be able to invite people who we knew were very active on Wish, writing a lot of reviews, posting a lot of photos, and just shopping a lot. They, they call themselves like Wish addicts. They're addicted to, to shopping on Wish. We have been able to invite them into these groups, and a lot of them have also started sharing with their friends about being part of this community, and that's how we've been able to grow these groups. A lot of it is through finding them the data that we have, but also through word of mouth and also through the events that we host. We do a lot of events offline. We give people the opportunity to invite a plus one or they can bring someone to learn more about what the WISH community is about. I know that a lot of the projects that WISH has recently launched, including products like WISH TV, I think that's what it's called, um, as well as uh, WISH Local, we can attribute a lot of the success in the launch to the WISH community. Can you talk about some of the projects that were made more successful or only possible with the community? Yeah. We did recently launch Community TV, and we all are also launching a Wish Halls feature. And this is all powered by the content that the community creates. And so without, you know, all of their content that they have been sharing, this product wouldn't exist. We definitely are creating more features to help spread the social aspect of of Wish. We also just launched our stories landing page, and I'm not sure if you... No, I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) But um, when you get a chance, grab a blanket and uh, maybe some tissues (laughs) because uh, the, the videos that we produced are extremely touching and they are stories about community members and how Wish has made an impact in their lives. So we haven't done anything like this before. It's in a documentary style. So it's really going to, I think, elevate the branding of of Wish. Very excited about it. Um, But we had launched Wish Local. That was an idea to bring more products to be more accessible for people, um, that they could be able to go to their local mom and pop shop and pick up an order from Wish, um, pick up products that um, they could get the same day. This was an idea that came up. And of course, um, we didn't know like how to start, who to reach out to. So we looked to our community members and asked them to help refer stores to join this program. And so it was pretty incredible to see that 
there were several people who helped bring in hundreds of, of partners. And um, these are people who truly know their neighborhoods and went out, talked to the local business owner and shared with them about this new program. And so it's pretty amazing to, to have so much growth due to Wish, Wish Stars helping us um, discover these businesses. Yeah, that's also a good example of how community has helped lower some operating costs because they went and did the footwork and all the on-the-ground operations. Um, I'm just going to summarize up and reiterate because I think a lot of the audience doesn't know that some of Wish's major problems that we deal with is that delivery to door um, as well as tracking. So delivering it to a local company, a small business, helps bring in foot traffic for the small business, but then also gathers everyone in the same place to ensure that a product actually gets delivered. So more people have accessibility to the product. Is that true? Exactly. Make sure that okay, yeah. nothing yeah. has changed. Um, and then because it's going to be really hard to find all the small businesses inside like a local market. It's so much better to have the community, those who know the neighborhood better, as you said, exactly. to do it. I think Wish is definitely one of the leaders, at least in the West, on in social commerce. I see a lot more social aspects in Asia, especially in China. And it's really interesting to hear that a lot of the inspiration comes from, of course, Wish's top users. Why do you think social commerce drives more shopping or like more business growth? I think that a lot of people tend to want to share about what makes them happy, <laughs> like the things that they buy that make them happy. And people are always kind of looking to, to other people that they trust to give them recommendations of what they might be missing <laughs> in their lives. And so I think that more and more we're seeing that because of what they've read or seen or heard about a certain thing on Wish, it's influenced them to also want to purchase it, you know, have it in their lives. I think that naturally with all of the different social media too, we're so immersed in it and people are just wanting to feel like they can also be a part of it and share and give back to other people. I want to dig a bit deeper on that last point you made about being part of something. And I think that's a huge aspect of community. So how do you manage this group, like to actually get engagement, to make people feel like they belong? I think that when you create a, a safe environment for people to want to share about, you know, whether it's personal stories or just things that they, they enjoy doing or things that they like. People will just feel inclined to also want to share and participate. A lot of people have come together because of this shared common love for Wish. And while they may have some other people in their personal lives at home that might also share that same love, it's always a good feeling to be able to share something with someone else who 
feels the same way. A lot of friendships have been forged in these groups, which has been amazing. And you just see people just wanting to share. And I think that that's naturally, you know, when you bring a group of people together behind a shared interest, then, you know, they're like friends and they just want to talk about it. And they just want to come in, see like what the newest thing is that they're, you know, the group is talking about and how they can also contribute and participate. So it's really amazing to see that naturally happen. And I feel like the most successful communities are the ones that just run themselves. We want to encourage people to come and contribute their ideas and thoughts without us prompting them to do something. And so when it gets to a point where it feels like it's just running on its own and growing on its own, then, you know, I feel like that's where a community is truly successful. And what do you think people are getting wrong about community? I think that a lot of people think that you can just build a community from scratch and not do anything to make it grow. While yes, at a point it will grow on its own. You do have to in the beginning, like like anything, um, like a baby, you know, you have to foster, nurture and foster it. Really getting to know the people in your community is going to be important. Um, having real authentic relationships with them is going to be important. So I think that a lot of people tend to think, oh, well, I'll create it and people will come and join and they'll be able to let it run on its own. But no, you really do have to invest a lot of your time and effort into it in the beginning. If you don't, it's just not going to, people are going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to see that, you know, you're not even invested in it. So why should they? And what are those practical steps, right? Because you kept talking about how you just want to find the right people who are really top shoppers or, you know, top engagement. You find them, you get them to engage with each other. But how, how do you do that? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What is this work that you need to put in at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, first, I'd say that you have to, just like with any group of people, come in and think about like, what are the things that they might want to share about? And you're going to have to start the conversations. You'll want to start the conversations and hopefully people will then feel comfortable starting their own conversations. Having ideas of what topics you want people to discuss is going to be important. You know, we, we also run fun contests and different activities in the group to encourage people to share even more. And so I think those things are also important to make people feel like, oh yeah, you know, I didn't think of contributing this on my own. Yeah, no, this is like a, a fun way for us to share. There are going to be a lot of different things that you can do, but yeah, you do need to be the leader and you need to guide them in the direction of where you'd like this community to go. And eventually, you know, they'll grow up from a baby, start walking and <laughs> talking and, and be able to um, create their own, their conversations. 
yeah, I feel like that's, that's really the key is to find people who will be the leaders for your community. The most vocal. Yeah. I remember when the community first started that a lot of us at Wish joined using our personal Facebook accounts, right? So is that one of the strategies that you use? So it's not just someone who's obviously from Wish posting all the time at the beginning? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we do say that we are, you know, we we do work at Wish. um, And I think that is also attractive to people knowing that, oh, wow, you know, I actually have someone, I have a connection to this company that I am so passionate about. So knowing that they have basically an in is, is also something that people really feel that's what makes it special. But I believe that posting as your own self uh, is really important. I know that there are some companies who might create profiles that are, you know, they'll say something like they'll say Ivy from Wish or Ivy at Wish or something like that. I think that people will trust you more knowing that you're, you're just like them. You know, you're a person too. My strategy is always like bring your real self to the community. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that people want to interact with humans on all levels. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Okay, well, that was actually the last question. Um, Thank you so much, Connie. Now I have two quick fire round questions. So the first one being, what is a book that you most often recommend people? I really think that if you're starting off in community, actually, this was probably the first book that I read when I started off in community was The Tipping Point. And now I I mean, Gladwell, it's a little bit older and there's definitely been more and more books. um, And, you know, but I would say that is actually a good foundational book and it really looks into the psychology of community building. And I think that that's a good one. Cool. And then second question is what is the best piece of advice that you've been given on your career? I think that, my mentor has been so amazing and has given me so much advice, but I think the best piece of advice that he has given me is no matter where you go, make sure that you are building real relationships with people. You never know like what will grow from that when you know that you know, you are actually truly passionate about what you're doing and what you're building and connecting with people that you probably may never would have. I think that that just makes you much more fulfilled as a person, both, you know, professionally and personally. Well, can I segue a little bit because you did mention mentor and that he's given you a lot of advice. Can you talk about how you met this mentor, how do you suggest meeting mentors and how to maintain that relationship? Actually, just from your personal experience with this one awesome mentor. Yeah. Well, I actually had the fortunate, I was just very fortunate to meet him through Yelp. And actually, um, he was my manager, but then went on to be my mentor for many, many years you know, we're still very close. And anytime I do feel like I need some advice 
and he has had such a, a breadth of experience that I always feel like finding someone who is doing things that you really want to, that where you see yourself being, finding someone like that is going to be so valuable in your career. Whether it's someone that you meet in the company that you're working at or somebody who is in the same industry that you meet at a networking event. You know, I always, I definitely recommend people seeking out a mentor to develop their career with. And so I'm very- What are some questions that you most recently went to ask him for advice on? I think that the last time I chatted with him, it was, you know, it was actually more for my, um, for managing my team. Okay. It wasn't necessarily like the next step in my career, but, right. um, but yeah, I mean, my team has grown quite a bit since I started. I, I love that I have so many different personalities on my team with so many different strengths, but it's also very challenging. Um, but I, I also want to make sure that I'm helping develop everybody on my team and that they feel like. I, in, in a way, you know, am the best coach and mentor to them. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Well, you can't always go to your mentor on the next career move or else you <laughs> just talk to them every like three years. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's, that's a typical question that I would always ask as well. Well, thank you so much, Connie. This has yeah. been great. Um, really enjoyed having you. Thank you, Ivy. It's been great chatting and I hope that more people will be building communities and seeing the value of building communities for their companies. If you loved it, have questions, or have any specific topics or regions you'd like me to cover, I'd love to connect and be friends. Please send me a direct message on Instagram at ivyx9. If this episode has helped you out at all, it would be incredible if you can share it with another non-technical in tech and leave me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you guys so much and see you on the next episode.